0: Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Nick Sanders, Nick is now based in Birmingham, England but has previously spent several years studying, living and working in South Korea and Japan. We also take a look at his YouTube channel Younggeenick, Nick and of course there's a top 5. Nick takes us through his experience of living in South Korea both as a student and then his time working in the countryside and then moving to the capital city of Seoul to teach adults. We also share some of our own initial thoughts and impressions of South Korea and wonder what is that smell? The two of us try hard not to compare South Korea and Japan and instead, Nick lifts the lid on some of the cultural differences in the workplace, as well as giving us quite a few travel tips. Nick's new project, the YouTube channel Younggie Nick is where you can find his informative, educational, insightful, and of course, entertaining take on learning the Korean language. This talk of bringing your own personality to this type of project, how he comes up with ideas for new episodes, and of course what kind of things we can expect to see when all this COVID stuff's behind us. We talk social media, getting drunk with Australians in the most unlikely of places, Confucian football fans not choosing to study physics, and going full cheese. Let's get right into it. Here's Nick Sanders.
1: I was originally going to do physics at university and then at the last minute I thought that sounded like a dreadful way to spend four years sat in a lab by myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I just thought I want to do something that's just a bit more open, lets me get out meet people, do something new and I ended up choosing Korean studies. Like honestly speaking at the time I didn't have any big fascination. i didn't have any, like, you know, desires or anything about that. It was just, um, it seemed like a kind of interesting way to get out of the country, learn about a new culture. And I'd seen a couple of movies, and the movies were good. And it was simple as that. You know, like, worst comes to the worst. I end up having learned a language and lived abroad. And there's worse places to be after uni, you know. Definitely.
0: Uh, Do you remember what the movies were? Just out of curiosity? Uh,
1: Yeah, like, the same as everybody. The first one was Old Boy. Of course. Right, I was
0: going
1: to say. Yeah, uh... <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's iconic. And, and I ended up watching the, the rest of the trilogy. I don't know if you've seen them.
0: I, I preferred the first two parts of it
1: as opposed to the last part. So, How does it work
0: then when you go to uni?
1: So we do um, one year in the UK. Then we went and did a year exchange in Korea. So I was studying at Yonsei University in Xinjiang. So, did one year there and then back to Sheffield for two more years. So, like four years total.
0: And the year in South Korea, how did you find it? I mean, that was your first time in Asia.
1: Yeah, first time. So, I was, I was like 19 or 20 at the time. And you you can imagine I was, um, restrained, self control the whole time. (laughs) No, no crazy nights, very little drinking. Um, you know, stayed to myself, studied every evening. It was very restrained.
0: Diligent <laughs> and
1: quiet, that's what I <laughs> Absolutely. It was class. I'm sure that everybody has kind of the same first year, right? Where it goes a bit over the top and you end up just meeting so many people and having these insane experiences. But I think for me, like the, the real joy was... Not just meeting people, but exploring new cuisine as well. Like, I didn't know anything really about Korean food before I went, but that was a real highlight.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, I landed just about this time of year, actually. I think it was like the 15th of uh, February. It was the day after Valentine's. It was the 15th of February 2000 I landed in South Korea, and it oh, wow. was... Freezing outside. I just remember it was old Kimpo Airport. Inchon, Inchon was just a glint in someone's eye at this point. You know? and, uh, I know. and I just I remember just the doors open and uh, just remember, oh God, man, how cold is it, you know? And uh, yeah, I didn't have a winter jacket either. My winter jacket gets stolen about a, a week before I left or something. So I went to like, Northeast Asia. Freezing cold with a winter I had a fleece. So that was it for like, you know, I was like, oh, I'll be fine, you know, I'm Scottish. I'll oh, you know?
1: just yeah. do the zipper. It'll be all right.
0: <laughs> Everybody's looking at me, they like, oh, I'm fine, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, those first impressions you get of the place when uh, you realise that you're just a kind of blot in the landscape or a little kind of oh, dot yeah. and there's all these people here. And it's so built up in the. Then when you start walking around your adjoining neighborhoods, and you just kind of you think, "Man, this is just a million miles from where I grew up," or
1: yeah, anything I've experienced That's- before,
0: and especially when you get into the food side of things,
1: mm. it's awesome. I like, I don't know about you, but like I didn't come from a, a city; I came from a town, like um, near Birmingham in England, and yeah, it's small. There's a handful of restaurants, and then you go to Seoul, and you can go to certain areas, and there's like, yeah, there's 300 restaurants within a two-minute walk. And that's kind of mental. It's a big adjustment.
0: Yeah. No, I, I grew up about 20 minutes outside Glasgow, so a town of sixty, seventy thousand 70,000, it was at that time when I was growing up. Similar. And uh, there was definitely no Koreans or Korean food or, or Korean movies or anything like that. So, yeah. They might know where it is because they played Germany in the World Cup in 1994 or something like that, right? That's about as innocuous <laughs> right. as it would get. Food's one of the things I find that everybody that I know in my circle of friends, and I'm sure you're the same, who's lived there either as an expat working or studying or, you know, working in a real job, whatever it is, but they've,
1: <laughs> they've come back with this
0: experience of Korean food and just how kind of fantastic it is. I mean, some of it can oh, gotcha. be okay, right? But but the good stuff's, uh, the good stuff's great.
1: I, I found it quite kind of fun when I was there because... Like, you know, I meet people out drinking and they'd send me a message saying, let's get dinner tonight. Like, All right, cool, cool. What are we having? And they say something like, you know, let's get like Kobe gym or something. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. I, I don't know what that is, <laughs> but fine. <laughs> and so every every night they would serve you something. You'd be like, cool, that looks right. I, I don't know. <laughs> <But> <laughs> turns out it was good, man.
0: Yeah, I think you have to be kind of a- at least a little bit adventurous. So once you go over the, for me, I just remember the kind of, not so much the sights you get, you kind of get used to, and you know and loads of people and all that kind of stuff but the smells <laughs> I mean, I mean, but yeah the smells are different let's put it that way there's this kind of over yeah stench at times and you just think man what or, as there's always this kind of stuff in there, and then you get the yellow dust thing that comes in in March or, or April, ah. and you think, Oh man, and then it's hot, it's really hot, Then <laughs> it really rains, and you yeah. just think, like, Man, this is just it's like a bit of a roller coaster, right? Eh?
1: <laughs> nothing quite gets, like, nothing quite compares to, like, do you know, if you've been out all night in the summer, right, and then it's in the morning, like about eight, nine o'clock, and you're leaving the, the after party and starting to head home, and you end up walking behind the rubbish truck. As it picks up all the bags of discarded <laughs> kimchi in 35 degree heat, oh. oh, that's potent. That's a bit ripe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wake you up. You ready for the
0: day? Oh yeah, that's for sure. Um, hopefully, we're giving we're portraying a positive image of the of the land of the morning. It's can, the food's you know? great. It
1: smells great before it's thrown out into the street in the middle of summer. You know, like it's fine until that point.
0: Or the mosquito guy, you know, and I'm getting all these flashbacks now, like, this is talking <sighs> of strange smells, you just get that, the little truck in, come up and down those hills I don't know, I in bank, oh, the and then uh, you thing. get this mad, puff, yeah, the fumigate thing, you know, <laughs> I'm out walking the dog, <laughs> and next thing you know, there's
1: this mad <laughs> plume of smoke, you know? It's, it's like Silent Hill or something all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, oh, mad, man, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> miss all those stuff, I mean, I've like really long for <laughs> them, but yeah, i just kind of weird. <laughs>
1: Well, you sort of thinking this is designed to kill stuff. Is it okay that it's coming where I am? Like, is this fine? Or, yeah,
0: yeah. Talking, <laughs> could be? I will be fine, you yeah. know. What could go wrong?
1: But, like, yeah, on the whole, um, man, like, I absolutely love the country, I love the, the food and everything. And, yeah, just general energy, you know, like Seoul has a lot of energy, especially on the weekend.
0: I think it's one of the hidden gems, though, right? I mean, everybody knows we'll, we'll talk about Japan a little bit later on.
1: That's oh, sure, right, sure sure,
0: yeah. quite a bit of time. Yeah, I don't really want to compare them, I don't really think it's. I mean, you oh, yeah, Korean. You
1: people, people love it when you do that, don't they? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I didn't really want to go there because yeah, they're, they're both two separate things. Eh? I mean, they're just...
1: They are. They are completely they, different, yeah. So, yeah, so I did the year as a student, back to the UK, finished up with my, my studies and everything. And then... I ended up going back to Korea, but not to Seoul. I went to a town called Jiangsu, which is in the south in Jolado, not far from um, Jeonju. I ended up going there for like a year and teaching at um, a primary school there. And it was <clears throat> like super in the mountains, like really isolated. I just thought it'd be like an interesting, different experience and different to do. And it was cool. It was um so different to life in Seoul, you know, and the people were, were kind of different as well. And the views, man, like I used to walk to school in the morning and... It was in the middle of the mountains and I walked through the town. It's a small, small town. You could walk from one side to the other in 10 minutes, like really small town. And you get to the school and the school was this modern, beautiful school. And you're thinking like, it's kind of odd to have that much money on facilities in the middle of the countryside spent on it, but it's gorgeous school football pitch outside music rooms, full of drum kits and, you know, pianos and guitars and amps and everything. And then right next to the school, was the oldest Confucian school in Korea. It's kind of surreal, and you know? Is it still being used, though? Yeah, you reminded me of something just come to mind. Yeah, it was still, like, kind of a bit in use. There were a couple of people milling about, and uh, you'd see a couple of the uh, the guys in robes every now and again, and, you know, people doing, like, cleaning the grounds and what have you. But I remember one day, it was, like, a summer's night. It's, like, a weekday summer's night, like, quite late. Like I'm guessing about two or three in the morning. And... I couldn't sleep, and so I thought oh, I'll just go for a bit of a jog and go for a little kickabout on the pitch, because you know it's open even at night, so I just took a football with me, have a little kickabout on the pitch, no problems. So I ran up to the school, did a little few laps, did a little kickabout, right? And then I sort of looked over to the Confucian school, the doors were open, and there's about three or four of the guys sat there or, huddled around this big, big ass screen TV watching the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Quite a different experience than going out in the country. Do you think you having your linguistic background behind you definitely helped? Oh god, this?
1: yeah. Well, it was just super easy to to sort of slip in, and especially with like work, you know, working at the school because there was like two people maybe who spoke English at the school, but because I spoke Korean as well, it was quite easy to just you know get in and then start going out to like handshake to accompany meals with people and. Mm-hmm ended up playing volleyball a lot because that's a thing. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it, was, it was good. It, it sort of it's, it's like entered into society. I mean, one of my, the only regrets that I, I had about that time as such was that I really wanted to learn um, how to play Gaia Gum while I was there. Okay. And there was like a, an, an academy there that taught Gaia Gum, but it was only during the time when I was working. And so I never got the chance to learn that. So, a bit disappointing, that
0: one. And if my memory serves me rightly, there's uh, there's a girl who plays all these, like, Jimi Hendrix tracks and whatnot, using the gag room. I can't remember her name, but she's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Tabith and all that stuff, or whatever, right? She's mm. doing a whole bunch of... So, there you go. Anyone who's listening, that's a gag Go and uh, check it out. Definitely yeah, worth it. Uh, a, a, a cool thing, too.
1: yeah. As one year in Jiangsu, then I moved back up to Seoul. Um, but that time... I moved to Hebangtan. I was working in Jongno It was at that time. So I started working at Pagoda in Jongno And it was Pagoda 1. Like the kind of one-on-one classes. It was cool. The job mm. was cool. Loved the job. My managers were cool. I had some good co-workers. Some weird-ass co-workers. But some good co-workers <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> and that was really cool. It was a really awesome time. And also... Because of like my language, I ended up doing some other side things for Pagoda, like um, making videos in Korean, teaching some English expressions and stuff, and that was cool. Like it was cool to have some different side gigs going on, so it wasn't so one-dimensional. But the things that was that I really enjoyed about it was being in Seoul and working meant I had more money, which meant that I could go out and I could meet more people and do more things. You know.
0: And When you're working at these adult institutes, were you on the kind of split shift to start with and then it got a little bit better or was it pretty much split <laughs> shift the whole way?
1: Yeah, you got it right on. So I started off on split shift. So it's like, you know, it's like working in some sort of restaurant or something, like doing four hours and then a break and then four hours kind of thing, which was a pain. But then I moved on to that afternoon block and then eventually to a morning block, which was ideal because... It was working from 7am on the morning block, which sucked, but it meant that on a Friday you finish work at like 1pm, so by the time my missus finished work, I could already be sourced at home. It's fine.
0: (laughs) You're a man of action at least, you know?
1: (laughs) By the time she got home, I was very much a man of inaction.
0: (laughs) we'll save that for another podcast episode (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) it's kind of confessional and all that we'll we'll get we'll get some of those uh so what was it made you move to japan then and what was it made you leave south korea were you just in kind of search of a new a new bit of adventure or but was there something else behind it
1: um it's kind of a bit motivated by my missus at the time so we we sort of reached the point like i've been dating my missus for like three or four years by then and um we were at kind of a crossroads with what to do in that i could step away from teaching and pursue a proper job like i had a couple of things that were potentials that i could have pursued th- at that time but um my missus she's american and she didn't she doesn't speak korean like uh, fluently so she would have had to stay teaching english and she didn't want to be in that industry forever So she was sort of pushing for a move back to the UK or the US, and I wasn't really ready to leave yet. And I thought it'd be kind of a missed opportunity not to do something else while we're still you know, young, without a mortgage, without any of those ties. And so I sort of posited the suggestion of Japan and going to Japan. We've got friends in Japan, and we visited a couple of times, had a great time. So we said, why not go for a year? We'll we'll see how it is. Uh, I mean, ended up staying for two and a half years, as is tradition. That's how we ended up there.
0: You've got to make your money back somehow, right? So, like, one year technically <laughs> is two and a half years, right? That's, that's the ratio.
1: Oh, you burn yeah. six months of money in the move, easy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a it's a pricey place. What would you say some of the differences work-wise? Even if we just talk from a like kind an expat point of view, Nick, what would you say some of the, the differences were work-wise between your time in South Korea and Japan,
1: then? That's kind of interesting. I think in terms of the way that I was able to interact with management across these different times... I felt like there was a bit more flexibility in Korea. People were a bit more willing to to bend on something, even if maybe the rules said this one thing. But we can logically see this is a better way of doing something, then we could be a bit more flexible. Whereas in Japan, I felt like, or I found that if this is what it is, this is what it is. That there's nothing else. It's, you know, like oh, I wish we could do something about it, but ooh, you can see the rules. So. Nothing we can do there. <laughs> and, and so you're like, yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying, but if we just just ignore this for one second, we could do this in three seconds, no problem. And this way it takes twenty minutes. But like, yeah, but but we're supposed to do it this way for no reason. And that was it. It was like in Japan, I was working in Ginza in Tokyo, which is okay. I'm not sure how familiar with Tokyo you are, but it's like the Gangnam of Tokyo.
0: Yeah, right. I've I've been there yeah. many
1: years ago. Yeah.
0: And I met an Australian guy in the immigration place and we went and got drunk in a play uh, some pub that was, he knew, that another Australian guy, he knew what, to, and then we got, uh, what do you call it? Happy Hour. So, so long since it's been a pub, I can't remember what it's called, but Happy Hour <laughs> on a Monday night or
1: something like that. You got, That's depressing. We got to make a mad dash.
0: <laughs> I know. I had to make a mad dash for the last subway, as you know, which in Japan is important to make the last subway.
1: Or you get fleeced for a taxi.
0: Of course, I have no idea where I'm going half-pissed phone about you <laughs>
1: and all that. So, yeah. And I was going to say, that's one of the universal experiences that every expat in Japan has, is inexplicably getting drunk with an Australian. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: there are worse things you could be doing. <laughs>
1: it's just, uh, they they usually know miss- where to drink. <laughs> so I, cause I had a job right i had this job um, with the tourism industry and that went under because of coronavirus and so i've got like you know working in between online teaching it's fine but the thing that i really took from having that job removed was that i really fucking hate working in offices like is the worst people <laughs> so in the office i was in anyway um and <laughs> i wanted to be more kind of self-reliant and self-dependent and so that was the one motivation and the other side is you know we're in lockdown we've got all this time we've got all this freedom so i wanted to do something a bit more creative with it so with that in mind i thought well why not youtube you know i can combine a bit of creativity i can do what i want have some fun with it and then you know not gambling on this not planning and hoping and but you know it, it potentially could become something right it can grow and develop and you know maybe work towards something in the future and the very worst it means that i can practice and develop skills that was what i thought at the time so i was thinking i wanted to do something that would be using my skills and what i could do and so i thought using korean is an obvious one like, i speak korean so let's do a channel in korean from a different perspective like you'll be familiar with the fact that there are some channels with white guys or foreigners or whatever who speak Korean and they really run on that one thread. That's that's the thing that right. it's based on, right? And fine, more power to them. That's great. For me, I felt like it was sometimes a little bit uh what's a polite way to say it, shaping themselves based on what somebody else wants them to be. But I thought it'd be fun to go into it just being an English person who speaks Korean rather than a person who's aping Koreanisms to try and right. garner some sort of steam. I could just be obnoxious and say, well, that's just me, you know? is
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> perfectly acceptable.
1: And so like, I decided to run with it. And so like combining the Korean thing, like I've also, e- even in a recent video, I did some stuff with music and I'm looking to introduce music more into the channel as it gets a bit established. And as I get a bit of a flow with it, because it turns out it's a quite a lot of work. Even just doing one video a week is quite a lot of work.
0: Eats up all your time. I know. I don't do much in the video side, like, but I know the the work that goes into it. And as the channel develops and grows, hopefully, as as we're talking about, then you know you you can invest a little bit more in some stuff to kind of help that process along the way. But you still got to put That's that it. hours in. That's the you got to go to the cold face. Oh,
1: you got to go for it for really, you got to be running it for like, it's probably going to be at least a year before I see anything back from it. And that's difficult, I guess, but you have to be realistic, I suppose.
0: We should mention the channel because we've been about five minutes and we haven't told this what I think I did mention it, but it's on. All...
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so the channel is um, Yonki Nick, uh, like Y-E-O-N-G, K-I, space Nick, Yonki Nick. The name's kind of a pun. It's kind of a dad joke in a way. It's... Because, um, like, Yong is like Yongguk, right? Like England, right? And then Ki is from mm-hmm. Yankee. So, uh-huh. for anyone who's not aware, like, yeah, Yankee was, it's kind of a, an old-fashioned insult in Korea. that was, it has some history, you know, with American soldiers and then just near do wells It's got that kind of old ne'er-do-well, weak insult vibe to it, right? But to to modern people, it's not. It's really weak. It doesn't hold any power in that respect. It just yeah, sort of yeah. feels like somebody who's a bit of a bit of a maybe. But it's kind of a funny pun on that. It's like a bit of a joke on that. So, you know, and I, I, like I said, I wanted to go off this thing. I didn't want it to just be another person just aping and you know playing up for the camera and trying to be just a, a, an image. I wanted to be a bit more just me, I suppose.
0: Tell us about some of the episodes that you have put out, Nick. Like, how many in total so far?
1: I think. We just uploaded like the ninth one. I think it was this week was the ninth one. Um, There's been a bit of a variety with stuff. So we've had, we started off with a couple of, there's some language ones because obviously background in teaching and learning a language and speaking a language. So there are some teaching, like language learning ones. But then some of the more interesting ones, the ones that I'm more enjoying, we had the most recent one was just speaking to my girlfriend all day in Korean and slowly winding her up with it, which was thoroughly enjoyable. For me, it's not for she's,
0: uh, she's very <laughs> you can just tell that she held like a smile
1: guy. for a while, you know. But yeah, you can see it behind the eyes, right?
0: Totally, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh... and then you're kind of jumping you're like, Yeah,
1: that's right, you got it. You know? <laughs> oh, it's <tarish>. come on.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so there's stuff like that as it's well. Fun. Um yeah, it's good, man. Like, um, we did some. I've done some like cocktail making videos, um, recipe videos. I did one as well, which was um, like music, like song intros, Korean song intros, which was pretty fun to do.
0: I, I got zero out of ten.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Honestly, I, can, I had to look up I some of the songs done. myself <laughs> beforehand. <laughs>
0: so yeah, it's, it's a nice, a kind of fun. There's a bit about food as well. There was Christmas oh. you did, and uh, over the Christmas oh, yeah, 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 period nice. and all that. A nice variety of things to kind of ease yourself into the language. What kind of feedback have you had, Nick? And who's the kind of feedback been from?
1: It's been um, it's been positive. Like um, it's going well. Like so, I've obviously when you start something like this, you get like an influx of friends and family who, you know, for the most part, will subscribe, watch one or two videos, and then they just, you know, it tails off because, of course, it does. It's not their wheelhouse. Fine. What's been really fun and really interesting is noticing this slow. Because obviously it's slow at the moment. It's a new channel, but people slowly coming in. Where I'm getting this mixture. Like I've had people who uh, host other channels who've started to watch and comment, and people from like cooking channels or like Korean history channels and stuff have slowly started to come in. Language learners, things like that, and I even I've had a couple of um, Westerners as well, messaging me and asking tips for languages and how to do certain things so it's been a real mixture of people which is kind of interesting for me i I had a uh, not a fear but i was maybe concerned that it might be a bit one dimensional but it seems to be attracting quite a, a spectrum of people which is it's cool for me it makes it more interesting for me to be being able to churn out like a more diverse range of uh, material, I guess,
0: and I guess this comes as well from it can be as creative as as you want it to be and as diverse mm-hmm. as you want it to be and as you, you it's kind of natural to have kind of certain uh, not fears or apprehension or apprehensive about certain mm-hmm. things, but at the same time, mm-hmm. the things that you can come up with in the middle of the night, you're sitting, you think, oh yeah, that's a good idea, I'll put that <laughs> one down, and then it just kind yeah, of absolutely. it can kind of grows organically. <laughs>
1: And yeah, it could be something silly, and then it, you know, you start to flesh it out, and you're like, oh god, actually, no, this is an idea. This could be fun. Like, I would watch this. And when it gets to the, I would watch this phase. It's the same as when you're writing music, right? If you write something like I would listen to this, then you know you're onto something.
0: Yeah, I had some nice compliments today about the last episode I did of uh, of the pod, which was quite nice. So it always helps to kind of boost the ego a little bit as well. But you you also get that kind of that reward in the sense that, you know, someone is taking the time out of their day to listen to it and then give you the said, Oh yeah, I like this bit and that and so on. And you're like, Great. I'm glad I've made someone happy. That's that's it.
1: You're putting yourself uh, out there, you know, you're making yourself kind of open to people. You're showing your hard work, your effort, your ideas. And if somebody was to shit on it, well then that would sting, even if you didn't want it to sting. Even if you think, "Oh, this is just some guy from the internet," it doesn't matter. It would still sting a bit.
0: You haven't got to that stage yet. You haven't had any. Oh, no, I'm not, okay, <laughs> I'm not successful so yet.
1: Okay, so it is early days. We It is early days. <laughs> when, I, when I get the first hate comment, then that that'll be uh, that'll be the indication, I guess.
0: Totally. <laughs> uh, what, what kind of things do you have in the pipeline? Then are you also mm. on? Have you kind of experimented with different social media, like? Um, I'm trying to think what is it is. Instagram and so on, TikTok things right. like that. Right, you know, you're going to implement. That's this a good into? question.
1: So I've been looking into it, and because I, I don't have another social media account set up, yeah, I was focusing my first couple of months on uh, YouTube. But Instagram will be coming soon. I, I pretty much decided that's where I'm going to start to to branch out it's it's interesting because the the things that we would think of like if we were doing something in the uk now or in europe or america where tiktok would be an obvious avenue for us it's not so strong in career at the moment like in fact like instagram's seeing more growth so it kind of makes sense to go more that way even if to us that might seem like instagram's starting to decline you know
0: I mean, one of the things about social media anyways is always changing or developing or there's the next one in the, the line, like this new one they're talking about is Clubhouse, except you mm. can't, it's like the the app that you can't join because it's for <laughs> only or something like that, I don't really, I don't really get it. Yeah, this. it's like, like, like Gmail 15 invited. years ago, right? Right, that's it, so you're just like, yeah, does anyone care about this? Apparently they do, so yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you tell people they can't join, then that's it, you know, people want to join. Maybe I should tell everyone what you're not allowed it? to watch my channel. I don't know. Would that work? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the whole Groucho Marx thing about he wouldn't be a member. Of, what it. He doesn't want to be a member of any club that would have him.
1: So right. I guess yeah, there's yeah. some
0: truth in that somewhere. <laughs> right. I guess last part, last part of the, the the roundup about your your channel. Like, what would you, I, or what would you ideally see being a year with the channel? Then, if we can kind of go a bit mm. hypothetical.
1: I feel like a large avenue of what some of the things that I would like to do is completely blocked off by coronavirus. I can't travel, I can't go out, I can't show people things. So ideally in a year, if things have cleared up a little bit, I would like to be able to do more content about different places, regional places in the UK, introducing some cool things about the UK to people. And I would like my... If my Facebook can get to the point where it's starting to sustain itself, you know, like I don't have to worry about making ends meet outside of it like i'm not talking about being like crazy rich on it but if it can make its ends meet then (laughs) it would really open up the doors to give me more time to focus on it and then really explore what i can do with it so i think yeah if it can wash its own face and if i can get out and do more interesting stuff and go to small places you know Show people like a distillery tour and stuff like that. You know, like that'd be that'd be really cool.
0: I mean, you're not far from Peaky Blinders' country, right? Or well, you are yeah, in Peaky Blinders' true.
1: country. Absolutely. You can add all
0: this kind of historical context of uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the Black Country or whatever it is. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. endless, really. weak.
1: yeah, the the real problem with that, I suppose, is that you know a lot of Peaky Blinders are centered in Small Heath, and as an Aston Villa fan, that's kind of troubling. So you're not
0: going to go there. No. <laughs>
1: Not in a villa shirt, anyway.
0: No, I was <laughs> going to say, you just have to be careful. Eh? You can't even go when it's dark, right? It's just it's even worse, probably. So yeah, would <laughs> probably be worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. Football rivalries is aside. Um, that yeah, that 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 kind of thing, you know. There's a there's a whole wealth of things that you can show, places you can go, and if I could implement travel into it at the same time, as well as doing like cultural and fun and music based stuff, because they don't have to be individual. You know, you can do something about the the music scene in a certain place and that could be a, a a video you know like it can go from there but i just need things to open up yeah if if we get to the point where it can start to wash its own face like i said then that would be better than any right to hope for it to be
0: uh tell us the name of the channel one more time then
1: yonki nick so that's y-e-o-n-g-k-i space nick n-i-c-k yonki nick
0: sweet <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, one of the things that I've learned about this channel as well is is, uh, there's so much content out there and if you can differentiate yourself from it or kind of set yourself apart Mm. in your own niche and have good content that people enjoy that you is more particularly that you enjoy putting out there, then hopefully Mm. rewards in it there for you.
1: Hopefully, fingers crossed on that one. And it's the same for all of us, right? Like, potentially there's there's enough of a market out there for all of us it's just getting to the point where you can reach it i suppose
0: that's my unusually optimistic scottish personality coming out that <laughs> won't come out very
1: often so there you go you get you get your
0: 30 seconds of a bust. a guilty right. pleasure someone you shouldn't be listening to but you do
1: I, I find that really difficult to, to say like an artist, like a whole artist's work that I mm. uh, like, like but there's definitely a song or two here or there that I know artistically and pretentiously I shouldn't enjoy, but I, I kind of do. And I think maybe the most egregious of all of them is probably uh, like Candyman by Christina Aguilera it's all right it's my pop song well man it's yeah. it's it's, it's stupidly bubblegum in its delivery yeah. it's way over the top but it it kind of goes so full cheese that i can enjoy the cheddar <laughs> you know what i mean right.
0: okay. yeah, it's, yeah it's, that's a fair show i i mean if you compare it to some of the other stuff she did where she really got to sing you know as in that kind of right in some of these songs out. it's a bit yeah you know, it's a bit on the other side of things eh?
1: yeah it's a bit fun i think maybe that's why it kind of i still enjoy it is cuz it's so unabashedly just fun and that's fine you know i'm okay with that i mean i enjoy things that are just fun i listen to a bit of yeah. you know stupid pop punk every now and again so when something's just fun i guess i can enjoy it for that
0: we we'll all need to get through the day somehow right
1: <laughs> right
0: who should we be listening to?
1: Um, that's a good question. I I think like there's some obvious ones. Like, um, I think maybe like 100% sure somebody else will have already said something like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards, right? Mm. Yeah. And they, they,
0: they just, yeah, surely. I saw a thing going to release another like two albums or something in the next week or something ridiculous. You know, they're just yeah. forever. You been songs, to sleep.
1: Eh? If you've been to sleep and woken up, there's probably a new album out. <laughs>
0: like, oh, it's a double album release you know
1: <laughs> right but that's kind of a a given um and actually the pretty reckless just got a new album out which is really cool with some good um there's some good uh collaborations on that like Tom Morello's on the album and oh what's what's the guy's name kim from soundgarden he's on on the album yeah. as well guitar player eh? which is great yeah oh man he's he's fire as well his wah wah sound is just out of this world Peachy. awesome um yeah but um i think as i've been talking about korea so much and my channels in korean i think shouting out a korean artists would be a good idea i've got two i think so my favorite korean band of all time is a band called nastiona which is n-a-s-t-y-o-n-a nastiona nastiona are awesome and you should listen to them because they are one of the few bands that I can think of that are kind of unique and a bit weird in their sound, but it doesn't sound like they're trying to be unique and weird. It just fits what they're doing. It works, like the same way the first time you listen to like Portishead or the first time you listen to Bjork or like an old Radiohead album, you're like, Nah, I get, I get it. This is weird, but there's a reason. They're they're awesome. I don't know if you know them, but they are awesome. Strongly recommend them. Um, they're from Busan, I think. Actually, like been around for a while. Good. And a more modern shout would be a band called Jambi Nai. Jambi Nai. Jambinai, Jambinai, J-A-M-B-I-N-A-I, Jambinai. And they do this kind of fusion, kind of post-industrial rock thing, but they also use like he- electric guitar and then traditional instruments as well. There's a great track Fantastic. called Time of Extinction, which is just, mm, that's fire. Like 100%. Check that out.
0: Definitely going on the playlist, then I'll check those out. Tell us something on the flip side of, the end of this. Nick, tell us someone who you just don't get, or someone who you think's overrated. Since um, we've been all positive,
1: yeah, I'm sick of that. Right, um, <laughs> so like I speak like clear. I love a huge range of music. I listen to not just guitar music, but I like um rap and I like uh, hip hop and stuff as well. But. I do not understand why people like Drake. Yeah,
0: and he also does like, a song every other week, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, incidentally, it's consistently shit. And <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't get it. You know, there's, there's so many great artists out there, great urban artists, great um, hip-hop and everything, and all these different styles that are available, and yet Drake is the one that's like risen to the top. Mm. <sighs> Just like a shit yeah. you can't <laughs> flush, man. I, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's one of these quiz questions, you know. I, I just have to wake up and screaming in the middle of the night. I'm, and I'm doing a quiz somewhere, and the question is name three Drake, name three Drake songs. You know, and I'm like
1: oh. <laughs> trick question. I the same it's song. Like. <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs>
0: and you just think, yeah. The only thing it's, I know about Drake is he does that meme. Mm-hmm. Like the one when he's he's wearing the kind of yellow ah, jacket the, thing and he's looking, at me yeah, and then he's looking there. Right, that's the only one. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should do it there, definitely <laughs> go to Nori Bank or karaoke for those who are out Ooh. with the the Korean language.
1: All right, are we talking English or Korean?
0: It's all yours, man.
1: If I have to, if I'm going in there and people are like, "Yo, Nick, the vibe is down. We need you to get up there, blast out your favorite karaoke song." And I want people to get high. I'm, I'm going sabotage by Beastie Boys every time. Excellent. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Man, straight in with a big awesome. first note. Instead, you go straight into it. It's great.
0: <laughs> you get that.
1: so cool.
0: Earlier, we were just talking about venues, and you're not far from one yourself, you're seeing. So the last question in this, Nick, is you're either the best venue you've play that or the best venue you've seen someone in
1: i think i'll go with the best one i've seen someone in then because you know most of my venues that i've been in have just been you know they're kind of the kind of dive bar sort of venues they're fun you know but they're much of a muchness but one that i found really interesting because it was a dive bar but it was hosting someone big was the underground in stoke so i should clarify that the underground in stoke is it's a bit of a dive. I mean, it's, you know, the same as a million rock venues you've been to. It's small, black walls, tatty, a bit sticky in places it shouldn't be sticky. <laughs> but um like you know. I went in there and I, I saw um it's it's packed, by the way, with about 120, 150 people. It's packed. It's not a big venue. But I got tickets to see baby shambles play there. And Man. it was just amazing. Yeah, this big, like famous band playing and in this tiny, tiny, cramped venue. And there was just something about that combination that was just great. But that, maybe that's tied in more to the to the gig. Maybe something a bit more interesting. Did you ever go to Satan's Hollow in Manchester?
0: No, I haven't. No.
1: Right. It's a venue in Manchester, um, and the stage is in the middle of the and the the dance floors around it in a circle, like a donut shape. So I saw Streetlight Manifesto play there, like the Scar Band. And it was just amazing. Like they were in the middle, and it's like you're just surrounding them, like a scene from Mad Max or something. It, that was that was really cool.
0: In in South Korea, what were some, or even Japan for that Ooh. matter, uh, no, notable venues?
1: I think notable for ones that I really enjoyed. There's some like landmark ones. Like everybody's been to like FF and places like that. They're kind of yeah, right. famous ones and. There was also Sang, Sang Madang was really good in terms of it, it was okay, a modern clean, yeah, yeah, with a good sound system in the basement, right? Mm, right um, yeah. But I think in terms of being like a centre for a lot of indie at the time and what a lot of the scene was about, um, Thunder Horse was was awesome. I loved Thunder Horse.
0: Yeah, it was a nice setup in there as well. Yeah, and, uh...
1: but when it was went to the second venue and it was in the basement with the kind of a nice setup, it was nice to play there as well. Questionable toilet facilities. Oh uh, yeah, the kind of they were the ones upstairs, <laughs> right? They were a bit.
0: I think you had to, yeah, you had to go upstairs and outside, and uh, yeah, yeah, so what? <laughs> that's it.
1: Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> we,
0: Asian cities, you know, so we should leave the rest of the imagination, you know. <laughs> on that <laughs> bombshell. Ah, it's been great catching up, with you mate.
1: Absolutely, pleasure was uh, all mine. You know, of course, when my my next video goes viral and I'm a superstar and I'm. You know, in videos with all those K-pop artists, hating my life and how I've become <laughs> such a sellout. Then maybe we can catch up with a retrospective, uh, regret episode, and that'll be it. As my decline, my general spiral into uh, drug addiction will uh, can unfold in front of you for you know the enjoyment of your viewers.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can make some money out of it. Who knows how it go. No, that, that sounds like fun good luck putting all Thank the hours in and i'm pretty sure that you'll get more than your uh more than your fair share out of it
1: and i appreciate it man i appreciate it like hopefully it goes well And yeah like, i'm looking forward to seeing more more of these that you're putting out as well like uh it's always it's fun to see what's happening around and people's experiences and what everyone's doing you know with the, the limitations we have now and it's kind of cool to see that
0: anyway mate enjoy the rest of your evening it's been a blast uh great fun good luck with the channel youngie nick Cheers and, uh we shall uh, <laughs> uh, we shall hear more of you in the future.
1: Thank you very much. Take it easy. I Hope you have a good one, all right? Cheers Nick, all the best mate. Cheers. Take it easy.
0: follow can't find my way home on instagram at can't find my way home on facebook at expat music pod and of course you can find us on spotify anchor.fm apple podcast and wherever you get your podcasts from you'll find us there until the next one this is greg saying cheers